Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is October 25th through the 31st, and it is Doctrine and Covenants section 124. If you want to receive your lesson in a different medium, I post information about my podcast and my blog in the description below the video. So what is occurring around section 124? So section 124 was received in Nauvoo a relatively short while after they had been building up Nauvoo. The saints were expelled from Missouri with the extermination order given by the governor. They had a short stay in Quincy with some very compassionate people who took pity on them and their horrendous circumstances, took care of them for a while, before the saints started buying land near Commerce, Illinois. And this is where they would go to build up Nauvoo. Now, the saints had a huge responsibility in building up Nauvoo, right? They were they had everything taken away from them in Missouri. They were kicked out with very little possessions. So they were starting with nothing. They were starting with less than nothing because they weren't even starting with land that was easy to build. They were starting with a swamp, a mosquito-infested swamp of a land. So before building the city and their businesses and their livelihoods and their ability to survive, <laughs> they had to drain the swamp. <laughs> and then after they have drained the swamp and they started building this city, a relatively short amount of time, the Lord asks them, he commands them to build a temple and to build the Nauvoo house. And the Nauvoo house was meant to be a very big house. It was meant to be a residence for Joseph Smith, as well as holding many other purposes. It was meant to be holy, though in different ways from the temple. And it was meant to take as much precedence as the temple, right? The Lord wanted both built to a very high standard. So lots of pressure on the saints, on these poor, impoverished saints who have lost everything more than once. It was obviously a very slow progression. So the resources were limited and the building of buildings and homes and the building of the temple and the building of the Nauvoo house were all competing for these resources. So it was really kind of slow going. <laughs> the building of the Nauvoo temple took a really, really long time. In fact, they were dedicating the building as they went along so that they could start to perform some of these ordinances because it was taking a really long time. The Lord was requiring a lot of his saints. A lot, a lot of his saints. I think <laughs> even thinking about draining the swamp is enough to make me cower in my air conditioning. What he was asking them to do is staggering. Everything that they were sacrificing, everything that they left behind in Missouri and remained faithful, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit what they were doing. But the Lord does not shy away from it. He is not afraid to ask them. So this is Doctrine and Covenants 124, verse 55. It says, And again, verily I say unto you, I command you again to build a house to my name, even in this place, that you may prove yourselves unto me that you are faithful in all things whatsoever I command you, that I may bless you and crown you with honor, immortality, and eternal life. So the Lord is very aware that they already had to leave behind the Kirtland Temple and then leave behind their new settlement down in Missouri. And he commands them again to build another temple, as well as the Nauvoo House. I think <laughs> this idea of sacrificing a lot, 
if I had been in the place of the Lord exactly as I am right now, I don't know that I would have felt comfortable asking the saints to build the temple <laughs> because they had already sacrificed so much. I would have been like, oh, like, let's just give them a little break. Let's just leave them alone. But the Lord knows best. And the Lord has these extremely high ideals because he has these extremely high blessings that he wants to offer us, right? And sometimes we think it's at our expense. The fact that he requires so much of us. The fact that he requires our earthly resources, but also our time. He requires our willingness to be meek and to submit to whatever comes across us in this life. We think it's at our own expense. What the saints were going through, it was at their expense that they had to also devote their time to the temple and the Nauvoo house. Or at least when we look at our own lives, it's at our own expense that the Lord is requiring so much of us. However, <laughs> as I said before, the Lord knows best. He knows that the only way for us to achieve the kind of happiness that he has is to be willing to sacrifice everything, to be willing to sacrifice all of the worthless earthly things. If we want to obtain the high blessing of living like our Heavenly Father, of living with him and like him, we have to be like him. And what kind of being is he? He is full of love. He probably doesn't really care about worldly possessions, right? He could do without either way. And there's probably not a lot of fear there, right? He, he trusts in his own abilities and we can trust in his abilities. In order to live his kind of life, we have to be like that which means we have to be able to sacrifice these worldly things that he doesn't care about either. And we have to realize that it's all going to be okay, that he's going to be able to take care of us, that these worldly things aren't going to bring us happiness. So I want this idea of sacrificing our all, of giving our all, everything, everything that we have in these high, high ideals of the Lord, I want us to keep in the forefront of our minds as I'm going through this video. Because there's a historical parable here. And as I talk about the Nauvoo Temple and then building that, that Nauvoo Temple, I want you to think of the finished, complete building, this gorgeous building that they built out of their poverty. I want you to think of it as you being finished, right? The completion of this gorgeous building, this temple, is you reaching the epitome of existence, living like your Heavenly Father, right? You have reached that high ideal. And then anything less than the complete construction of the temple is less than the life living like Heavenly Father. And I want you to think about your own progress. And I want you to think about what the Lord requires of you, what he wants to require of you that you have not been aware of as yet. And then I also want you to be thinking about perhaps what the Lord believes is sufficient for you sacrificing your all. We, we have to be willing to sacrifice everything to live his kind of life. We have to be willing to sacrifice all, to give our all. But this idea of all is a really interesting term because all can mean different things at different points in our lives and for each different individual. So there's a couple, there's two verses I want to talk about and then a historical fact that can further contribute to this historical parable that I'm talking about and this idea of giving our all. So this is Doctrine and Covenants, it's section 124, 
and it is verses 31 through 32. And it says, but I command you, all ye my saints, to build a house unto me, and I grant unto you a sufficient time to build a house unto me. And during this time, your baptisms shall be acceptable unto me. But behold, at the end of this appointment, your baptisms for your dead shall not be acceptable unto me. And if you do not these things at the end of the appointment, ye shall be rejected as a church with your dead, saith the Lord your God. So in order to understand why I shared this verse, we have to understand what is happening historically at this time. And what's occurring is this. The saints don't have a temple yet, but they already had the idea, the principle of being baptized for those who have passed on. They've had this taught to them already. And so they are performing these ordinances, these saving ordinances for their deceased ancestors in the river rather than in the temple. And the Lord accepts this. That's exactly what he's saying. He said, this is acceptable to me. Um, it's sufficient. I'll accept your baptisms before you're finishing, finished with the temple. And I'm giving you a time period to finish the temple. Now, this makes a lot of sense. Not all the saints could be working on the temple at the same time, right? Too many cooks in the kitchen. The saints had this tremendously long to-do list that we've already talked about that they needed to be doing. And yet they were still taking time to dedicate part of their lives to being baptized and performing these saving ordinances for the dead. And it was just in the river. It wasn't in this beautiful completed temple. It was just in the river at this point, but it was acceptable to the Lord. So when we're looking at the context of our own lives, this can be rep represent so many different situations, right? It can represent perhaps you were born into a family that didn't give you the best start in life. Perhaps you have cancer and you are flat on your back sick. So many different things that this could be representing. We don't have, the saints didn't have a temple to perform these baptisms. Perhaps we cannot yet meet this high ideal, right? These ideals that we heard about at general conference, general conference. So ministering extremely meaningfully with prayer and going out of our way to be selfless for these people that we minister for. Or having deep family discussions all the time about the gospel and come follow me in the scriptures. Or to go out and make new friends and to preach the gospel. Some of these things are really, really hard to do in the circumstance of our lives. Like, for example, if you have cancer, be really hard to go out and make new friends and preach the gospel. Now, the Lord does not rescind his commandments. He's not saying, oh, it's fine. Whatever. It's cool. Don't, don't follow that commandment. He never gets rid of the commandments in order to spare our feelings when we're having a hard time meeting them, right? We know he has to keep that ideal. He doesn't take away the commandment, but he does extend mercy because of the atonement. He is able to extend mercy and tell us that what we are able to give is sufficient, right? The saints only had a river to offer at that point in time. That was all they had, and it was sufficient to him. What we have, if we are giving our all, that can be sufficient because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The other interesting thing that I love about these verses is that the Lord says, I'm going to give you a time, and I'm going to give you this appointment, and if you're not ready by this appointment, then it's not good enough. You... I'm assuming that he knows what he's talking about, right? He knows that within this time frame that he's given the saints, he knows that they can accomplish what he's asked them to do. And it can be the same for us. We can go to the Lord and know whether what we're giving currently at this point in time, whether what we're giving is sufficient to him, whether there's more that we need to be sacrificing. 
another verse that I want to share. Also, Doctrine and Covenants 124, because that's the section we're in. Doctrine and Covenants 124, and it is verse 38. It said, For for this cause I commanded Moses that he should build a tabernacle, that they should bear it with them in the wilderness, and to build a house in the land of promise, that those ordinances might be revealed, which had been hid from before the world was. I love that he brought up Moses in the tabernacle, because this just adds another layer, at least in my mind, right? So... This tabernacle, it wasn't quite baptizing in the river, right? They weren't performing these ordinances in the river. But it wasn't this gorgeous, beautiful temple, right? Temple of Solomon or the temples that we build today, or even the Navu temple or the Kirtland temple that the saints built. This was a tent temple that they carried with them in the wilderness. But it was exactly what they needed, right? <laughs> and that was all that they could give because they were constantly moving around. The, I love how practical the Lord is. That's one of my favorite characteristics about him, probably because I really appreciate practicality. But the Lord is practical, right? And this is something that I have been learning about in my life as I have been working really hard to balance some of my priorities right now. I was given a responsibility <laughs> that could very quickly consume all of my time. It could have become a daily thing that I was involved in. It could have sucked up all my time as a mother or trying to do this blog and these videos. I was very intimidated by it and I was afraid to even go near it because I was afraid that I would get sucked in and I wouldn't be able to set boundaries. I was just afraid of it. I didn't want to get near it <laughs> because I was afraid of what would be required of me. After I took some time to calm down, I have a marvelous sister who reminded me that I didn't have to change everything. My responsibility wasn't to completely take care of the entire responsibility, right? I had a part to play and the Lord would help me know what part he was calling, he was asking me to do, right? And I've felt a lot of pressure to be more involved, but as I've spoken to the Lord, I feel very content with what I'm giving towards it currently. And I'm praying about how he wants me to proceed and so my efforts seem very, very small, but to the Lord, they're sufficient. This tent temple was not as grand as some of the temples that we see in our day or the temple of Solomon or whatever it may be. This tent temple was not as grand, but it was sufficient. This was all that the Israelites could give. And it was sufficient in the context of our lives, in the context of their lives. Our efforts may seem very, very small, but when, you're placed, when you place it in the context of our lives, it's practical. It makes sense. That is what the Lord is requiring of us. So this last one that I want to talk about is not a verse, but it's a fact. So I already kind of mentioned it. The saints dedicated the basement before they finished building the temple. And in the basement was the baptismal font, right? So the Lord said, you need to finish this and go start doing baptisms in the temple, no longer in the river. So the temple still wasn't done yet, right? And when we're thinking about the temple being our full, completed selves, living the kind of life that Heavenly Father lives, this is less than that. <laughs> it's just the basement. But it was sufficient. The saints were performing saving ordinances for the dead. They were doing marvelous, marvelous works. Probably more marvelous than we fully comprehend at this point even though they were not, the temple was not yet complete. 
even though we are not yet complete, we are not a complete temple and the Lord expects us to become that temple. <laughs> he expects it. He holds us to that ideal. But even though we're not quite there yet, we can still be sufficient. That basement, that dedicated basement can be sufficient for now. Heavenly Father is a parent with extremely high ideals. There's no getting around the amount of work that it is going to take to build the temple. And there's no getting around the amount of work it's going to take to build us to become like our Heavenly Father. You can't find a way around it. <laughs> the atonement isn't going to make it magically happen. <laughs> the atonement essentially hardens us so that we can become like our Heavenly Father. And so it counts when we improve. Now, Heavenly Father is this parent with high ideals, but he is also extremely accepting of where we're at. Extremely accepting. And both of these things can coexist. He can hold us to an extremely high standard at the same time as being accepting of what our all is at a current point in time. Both of these characteristics are extremely essential to the plan of salvation. If you get rid of either one, if you abandon either characteristic, we find ourselves without hope. If we get rid of this high ideal that the Lord is holding us to, we're not going to be as happy as we can ultimately become. And if it wasn't for the atonement and the Lord's ability to accept where we're at, we would not be able to become as happy as we can potentially become. I want to testify and specifically highlight the fact that this is possible because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It is because of Jesus Christ that the Lord is able to hold this high standard and to build us into these incredible, beautiful temples, to build us into the kind of life that he lives, but to also be, to patiently build us and to be okay with where we're at and what our all looks like. And we would be extremely wise to imitate this balance that Heavenly Father has for us, to hold these high standards for ourselves, but to give ourselves time and to be very accepting of what our all looks like and to continuously turn to the Lord so that we know whether we are giving our all or whether there is more that we can be giving or whether we should be backing off a little bit, we can turn to the Lord and he can help us know what's sufficient. And all of these things are made possible by the atonement of Jesus Christ because he chose to suffer for us because he loves us. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.